The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. An APD officer injured after dangerous street racing in Austin last night. A witness describes what he saw. And we catch up with the big winner of the Austin Marathon. What he says is challenging about running in the capital city. Temperatures today, big jump. We're still in the 70s in most spots. We'll show you how many days in a row we could reach 80s, plus a little bit of rain in first warning weather. Hi, everybody, and thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Rush. An Austin police officer is injured and several police cars are damaged after street racing incidents late last night across Austin. Videos show cars spinning and drifting around the intersection of Barton Springs Road and South Lamar with large crowds of people standing around the cars. KXAN's Sarah Alshay is live near that intersection with how it's looking today and what witnesses have to say. Sarah. Yeah, you can see the car marks all along this intersection, even some debris in certain spots. Now, the flow of traffic is back to normal right now, but last night, this was completely blocked off by dozens and dozens of cars. But let's take a look at some video just to show you the magnitude of this. Now, you can see just a cloud of smoke from cars spinning and drifting with crowds of people watching. Another video shows a crowd pushing around an APD vehicle. The fireworks were also set off near the intersection, including one firework appearing to be on the APD car. Now, like we mentioned earlier, APD says one officer was injured, but we don't know the extent of those injuries yet. Now, they say several APD cars were damaged as well. And one person who saw the whole thing from a nearby bar says there were hundreds of people there with as many as 40 to 50 vehicles lined up with people hanging out of windows. I heard uh, the, um, those cars revving up and everything and heard uh, a bunch of schooling going on and then tires burning. There was probably at least two to 300 people out there and they had uh, started parking on both, both directions of um, Barton Springs and locking it down so that no one could get in there and it shut down all the traffic from Lamar going all directions. Now, the man, the man I spoke to says it took APD about 30 to 40 minutes to arrive. Now, APD has not confirmed that yet, but they say they are, are investigating a number of street racing incidents across the city from last night. But there's no word yet on exactly who is behind this. Back to you. All right, thanks, Sarah. And going in depth, this isn't the first time this sort of thing has happened. APD released this video in 2020 when they arrested 22 people as part of an operation to crack down on illegal activity at a North Austin car meet. Those arrested were between the ages of 17 and 49 at the time. 25 cars were towed and seven guns were seized, two confirmed to be stolen. Earlier that year, a man was shot and killed at a car meet nearby. Around 18,000 runners are hopefully getting a little rest this evening after running in the Austin Marathon this morning. Competitors came from all over the world, but there can only be one winner to take home the gold. And this year, that was Kenya's George Onyancha. Onyancha finished the 26.2-mile marathon with a time of 2 hours and 16 minutes. He's making it look easy, isn't he? He previously won the Miami Marathon in January with a finish time of 2 hours and 18 minutes. Uh, there are many slopes. <laughs> yeah, he said it was not so easy. There were slopes. Then he had another guy. The second place guy was very challenging. And so that's how he saw it was not easy. Yeah. And speaking of that second guy, KXAN also spoke with the second place winner, who is Joey Whelan from New York, who said that he had a tough time keeping up with Onyancha throughout the race. 
every time I went up to him, he surged. So I'm like, all right, I'll just keep going up to him until until that like wears and tears on him. But he was just so strong. Joey Whelan is a two-time winner of the Austin Marathon, bringing home the gold in 2018 and 2019. Both winners also took home a $3,000 prize. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. That was a cool start to the marathon. We were in the mid-40s, but we warmed up in a big way. We were well into the 70s this afternoon, thanks to some thinning in the clouds, which we had from time to time, like we've got now in Buda from our Rock and Dirt Yard camera there with a partly sunny sky. Many of you are still in the 70s, and if you're not, you're likely in the upper 60s, like most of the hill country is right now, but still reasonably pleasant for this time in the late afternoon or early evening. And we're still mostly in the 70s in the metro counties, low to mid 70s and 72 in Austin. Our eastern counties also generally in the low to mid 70s as well. Real great night to go for a little walk before your new work week begins. We're a full 16 degrees warmer than this time yesterday in Austin, and we're not done peaking the heat yet. We've got more warming to come. Still plenty of clouds around, though, but we are getting some breaks of sunshine, and it was just enough to get those temperatures quite a bit warmer here today. As you can see where we go this evening, 68 at 7, 67 at 9, 65 at 11, a reasonably mild night ahead. Coming up in first warning weather, we've got even warmer temperatures to show you. Not much rain, but a little chance of it will highlight the amounts ahead, as well as the impact of two cold fronts in first warning weather. All right, thanks, Nick. We'll see you in a bit. A handgun manufacturer is moving out of Georgetown, but is staying in Williamson County. According to the Austin Business Journal, the company Staccato 2011 is heading to this facility in the small city of Florence, about 20 miles northwest of Georgetown. This new location is nearly three times larger. The CEO tells the journal they need more space because their handguns have become popular with law enforcement agencies, and this move will allow them to meet the large demand. Staccato 2011 employs about 180 people, but could grow to as many as 300 in the next few years. Well, last week's Super Bowl saw the Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Philadelphia Eagles and Rihanna make her long-awaited return to the stage, but it also featured a performance from the Super Bowl's first female deaf performer with an American Sign Language interpretation that dazzled millions. But before interpreter Justina Miles took the stage at the Super Bowl, she was a competitive track and field athlete training for the Deaf Olympics right here in Austin. Two years ago, Miles joined her fellow athletes training at the Texas School for the Deaf ahead of the 2022 Deaf Olympics. She later went on to win the silver medal in the women's 4x100 relay in Brazil, solidifying a goal that she told KXAN at the time she had been dreaming of. Really, my big goal and my big focus is, of course, to get a medal. I mean, I'm really excited for the relays because I'm a big team player. I've never been, you know, like an individual player. I just, yeah, there are individual sports for people who are so fast, but the relay, what's the part that I'm with, is such a team. And to learn more about the Deaf Olympics or Miles' interpretation skills, head to KXAN.com and click on this story. Still to come, Michigan State students preparing to return to classes after last week's deadly shooting, the changes on campus, and the resources for victims. And workers from FEMA out in Ohio testing the water after that train derailment in East Palestine. 
Michigan State University officials announced today classes will begin again tomorrow following last week's deadly mass shooting that left three students dead and five others seriously injured. University officials say $250,000 has been raised, which will be used to cover the funeral expenses and hospital bills for the victims. Four of the injured students remain in critical condition. One is stable. Officials also announced the two campus buildings where the shootings took place will remain closed this semester. We have decided uh, that we will return to campus um, both in terms of the classroom setting as well as the regular work um, come tomorrow. Um, I'd like to emphasize that no one thinks that we're coming back to a normal week. Uh, in fact, this semester is not going to be normal. School officials say counseling is offered to all on campus at no cost. Now to Ohio and the questions there about the safety of the water near that toxic train wreck site. George Solis gives us an inside look at the lab where testing is underway to find out if there's danger in the drinking water. This collection of jars and vials in Akron, Ohio, may hold the answer to what is safe to drink for hundreds of thousands in the coming days and weeks. We have been working nonstop. Environmental engineer Mo Osman and his team and each one analyzes have been testing water from near the Norfolk Southern train derailment in East Palestine. What are your findings? Well, the results are kind of still confidential between us and the client. So we are not supposed to discuss the results, uh, you know, with anybody. But those are the results people are waiting for. Some East Palestine residents even waiting to get a test. Nobody's come down on our road and, and talked with anybody to see if they need their well tested. Osmond's lab has been contracted by the county where the crash occurred and the one next over to analyze water samples collected from residents' wells. This room right here is where all the samples are brought in, sorted, before they're tested. Complex machinery, testing for more than 175 compounds, including the hazardous chemicals on board the derailed train that may be seeping into waterways well beyond the wreck site. It takes time for pollution to potentially travel from the source of contamination to the individual well. For those not using well water, Ohio's governor has stressed tests show water in the area is safe. You do not need to drink bottled water if you are on municipal water. And new developments on the ground in East Palestine today. The rail company confirming to NBC News Alan Shaw is in town meeting with community members and crews working at the crash site. Also now in East Palestine, representatives from FEMA working with other government agencies trying to help this community get back to a sense of normal. That was George Solis reporting. A U.S. Senate committee is now calling on top on the top seven rail companies to provide information on safety and hazardous material transportation. Well, stand-up comedian and actor Richard Belzer has died at the age of 78 years old. His career started with edgy stand-up performances. He became an actor best known for his role in Homicide Life on the Street and for his work on Law and Order SVU. A friend of Belzer confirmed he suffered from a lot of health issues and he died early this morning at his home in southwest France. He is survived by his wife and stepdaughters. Still dealing with two pages of pollen. Mold high but trending lower, but ash low trending higher. Cedar is low trending lower and elm is low and trending higher. And on to page two, we've got oak low but trending higher. Guess what else is trending higher? Temperatures. 77 today. We'll show you the 80s ahead and when the heat peaks in first warning weather.
This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. First Warning Weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Hey, good evening. Not a bad uh, end to your weekend. We're still in the 70s in many places, so uh, after the news, you can get back out again and enjoy some of the pretty nice weather that we've got. Uh, plenty of high clouds, still allowing for some bright spots and a little bit of blue sky here and there. That's our Ewald Kubota camera in Georgetown. And you can see where the clouds are thickest with the brighter whites and grays in the hill country. A little more thinning in the clouds in the metro in our eastern counties right now, where we're going to keep this a reasonably cloudy uh, forecast going as we head into the night tonight. You can see some little sprinkles, very light rain northwest of us. We're not anticipating any of that uh, anytime soon until maybe late Tuesday at the earliest. Area of low pressure that we were tracking for you yesterday continues to slowly work its way east. Ahead of it, still throwing the clouds our way that occasionally thinned out enough to give us some sunshine at times here today. I expect there'll be a good chunk of cloudiness around here tomorrow morning before we break through some afternoon sunshine. You can see temperatures across the state largely in the upper 60s and low 70s and Laredo right now at 80. And our warm-up is going to keep going. We think 80 tomorrow after starting out in the upper 50s in the morning. See how these temperatures drop not that cold tonight and then really jump ahead as we head through, especially tomorrow afternoon. What's the sky going to look like, though? A little more of the same here over the next few hours. And then low clouds and some areas of fog thicken up through the night. So I expect a fairly gray start here if you're working tomorrow. Of course, many schools are off for President's Day. A lot of clouds, a couple of sprinkles around through the middle of the day. Day, but during the afternoon, the sun comes out, the low clouds disappear, and late day sun, a warming wind, should allow temperatures to spike. The earlier the sun comes out, of course, uh, the faster that spike can begin. Into Tuesday morning, there's probably going to be a little more of the same with clouds and fog to start the day. I just don't think it's going to last as long, and therefore earlier sunshine should allow Tuesday's high temperatures to jump up even higher than Monday. We do, however, watch out for a little late Tuesday night or Wednesday morning round of rain. I think most of the rain's going to miss us to the north, but we may just get clipped by a little bit of it Tuesday into Wednesday. That's our best chance of rain for the week. And unfortunately, the rainfall amounts have been trending lower. European computer model barely giving us a couple hundredths of an inch of rain. American computer model not much wetter than that. This is a drier trend than yesterday. So while there may be little sprinkles here and there, we're not counting on much. Tonight we'll get down to 57 with a partly to mostly cloudy sky. Our day tomorrow, partly sunny. Most of the sunshine coming in the afternoon after some morning fog and we head to 80. Ahead of our first cold front, 82 Tuesday, and believe it or not, after the front, we jump to 85. That second cold front does bring us a temperature drop, but it's not much of one. We get down to 78 Thursday, 71 Friday, and we start seeing those numbers climbing back into the mid to upper 70s as we head into next weekend. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. All right, the main streak that was seven straight wins for the Texas women's basketball team came to a screeching halt in Ames, Iowa, Monday night. Some well-deserved rest before a battle with West Virginia looking to extend a win streak of their own today. Horns are ready to play from the opening tip. Shea Holly gets it from Deanna Gaston right over to Hadija Fai. And how about that? 2-0 in the blink. 
of an eye. Horns up by 10. Who says two bigs cannot coexist? Amina Muhammad to fella forward. Hadija Fai again there for the fancy bucket. 32 to 20 right before the half. A little inbounds magic. Jackalinga went and Tonda knocks it in. Second half, it's down to 10. Rory Harmon, how about that tough bucket? Watcher inside. The 5-8, if you want to be generous, guard says too small. Second half, we continue. Harmon, top of the key. It's Shaley Gonzalez. Remember when that lead was 10? Now it is 18 after that. Finally, some icing on the cake. The deep triple from Wenintanda. A dominant win for the Horns. 74 to 48 over a very good West Virginia team. Now... A big test for UT. They're at Oklahoma next Saturday. The team they're tied with atop the Big 12 standings after both teams won today. 1 p.m. tip in Norman for first place in conference. Let's, let's go to McCombs Field just over on 35. Longhorns looking for a 5-0 weekend at the Texas Classic. Mia Scott connects. That's called a barrel. Long ball in the bottom of the first. Bottom three, same score, same batter. Not quite same result, but still a good one for the burnt orange into the Opposite way, Scott goes and Leanne Good, the youngster, doing good, coming home to score. Her left side of the infield partner, Mia Scott's Viviana Martinez, brings home two, going the opposite way. Longhorns, they roll over in Carnet, where they are playing some very good softball. Mac Morgan tosses a five-inning one-hitter, an unbeaten weekend at home. Next, they're going to host the Lone Star Invitational, a ranked Virginia Tech team, as well as Texas Southern and Abilene Christian come to town. Well, baseball also in action today, a little bit north up in Arlington. Could the Longhorns get their first win of the season? Details, highlights, all that and more next. All right, welcome back. We knew coming into the season there may be some growing pains for a Texas baseball team with a whole lot of unanswered questions this weekend against some very good competition. It's proven just that. Game three for the Longhorns up in Arlington, eyeing their first win against number 10 Vanderbilt. New infield entirely for Texas today and the youth indeed showed five errors as a team on the day these three all in the second inning not a recipe for winning there and that all led to this a guy with one career home run mike doubles his career tally oppo taco we call that one alan espinal cranks a grand slam i don't think we need the uh, sack fly cam flow sports that one is out of the park five nothing commodores texas trying to fight back porter brown Grounds it with the bags juiced. Throw off Dylan Campbell. To Tanner Carlson scores. Texas on the board. And then how about a little more offense? Too little too late, of course. Eric Kennedy up in the fifth. Long ball for the veteran. He's going to crush this one to right. But the Horns remain winless. They fall to Vandy at Globe Life 12-2. You didn't think we were going to sneak in some football, huh? XFL action. You didn't know what was going on. We just learned a little while ago, too. San Antonio Brahmas. Jack Cohn to Fred Brown for the... Game's first touchdown, but the feisty Battlehawks fight back, and they take down the Brahmas in the XFL's opening weekend. Mike, are you familiar with what a Brahma is? I am not. I'll have I to Google that. Do you know what I, it is? I did. I think it's short for a bull or something like that. Oh, is it? I should have come with a more certain answer. Yeah, you don't ask a question you don't know the answer to. That's Indeed. the first rule of a lawyer, but yeah. you're not a lawyer, so Indeed. we're fine. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks Noah. Man. We'll be right back in just a moment with a final look at the forecasts. All right, Nick is back to give us a look at the weather, and he told us that he's not going to give us what's happening tonight necessarily no, no, first be... or tomorrow. No, no, no. He's jumping straight to Wednesday. Yeah, because we've got a band coming to town. 
Hmm. They sing the song Don't Stop Believing." you know who they Journey? Are. Of course. Mm, yes, they're playing right. at Wait. Moody Center. 7.30 evening concert, and it'll be real nice out. 70s turning into 60s. So as you're walking to Moody and as you're leaving, uh, and it's just going to be fantastic weather here toward uh, the second half of the day on Wednesday. In the morning on Wednesday, a little bit of rain, just about 30% chance of it, but a warm wind in the afternoon jumps us to 85 degrees. That'll be the warmest day of the week. Now, I did know that that was Journey song, yeah. but before that, I did look at your graphic back there that said Journey. I so told you not to look. Just want to let you know. See you back here at 10. Have a great night. <laughs>